I followed this case for two years, and it's been a wild ride. My perception of what might have happened changed several times, depending on the information I learned along the way, or even who I talked to last. From Casefile Presents and The Labyrinth, I'm Octavia McHenry. Here are some of the stages I went through with this story. I started off thinking that the family must have been involved somehow. I was influenced by what other people told me, yes, but also by statistics, as well as the knowledge that their story and timeline make it incredibly difficult for a stranger to have swept in and abducted Jeanette in such a short window of time, without making a sound. Later on, and especially when I started to look into Larry Cosden's and Mary Sloan's disappearances, I began to consider the possibility that someone took Jeanette and perhaps was responsible for one or both of the other two disappearances. I started to think there could be a connection between the disappearances of Jeanette, Larry, and Mary. They all happened in such a short time span. The similarities are striking. The only thing that doesn't match is the profile of the victims themselves. Perhaps it was a serial killer whose only criteria was opportunity, rather than the characteristics of the victims, which is why I spoke about Gary Hilton. Not only did he kill in national forests, but his motives were opportunistic and his victims' profiles were very diverse. When Jeanette's remains were finally found, I hesitated again. I thought that perhaps she really had wandered off there by herself. Maybe she walked to Long Park, made it to that cliffside, and then slipped and fell down the ravine. Maybe the fall was fatal, or perhaps it rendered her unconscious for a period of time. When her family and rescue teams looked for her at Long Park that night, She was still unconscious, and that's why she didn't respond. But this doesn't explain how she could have reached that spot so quickly and without being noticed by anyone, or how dogs didn't track her scent there before or after her death. If there was no foul play involved, this would be a very unlikely, very tragic set of events. A perfect storm, as Laura Richards would say. But then I went there myself, and walked to where Jeanette would have had to walk to reach the spot where she was found and I re-listened to those earlier interviews her family had had with the sheriff's office. Based on what everyone said in those early days, when their memories of Jeanette and of her physical abilities were still fresh in their minds, before they'd been contaminated by time and corrupted by the seed of doubt, based on what they said, it would have been impossible for Jeanette to reach Long Park, especially in that time frame. Here's what I think now. I believe that someone abducted Jeanette. I'm inclined to think that it was a stranger. It would have had to be someone who was very familiar with that area and comfortable in the woods, but who also hadn't planned this abduction because it would have been impossible to anticipate that Jeanette would be momentarily separated from her parents, which would make this a crime of opportunity. Here's what I imagine happened. This individual saw that Jeanette was alone and he offered her a ride back up to the motorhome. He would have been present at Rustler Park for some time already. He might have observed her and her family from a distance. At some point, he realized there was an opportunity to sweep in, and he did so very quickly. This would have happened while Jeanette was walking back up towards the motorhome, while her mother was using the restroom. By the time Lydia left the restroom, she would have already been picked up. He then either drove Jeanette straight to Long Park or removed her from the area altogether and then returned to bring her there at a later time. If he took her straight to Long Park, 
he might have simply dropped her off there. Jeanette would have been disoriented and may have walked the short distance through the gate into the ravine, not realizing there was a steep incline there, and she may have fallen. There weren't many people up there. I know of eight campers, all males. One of them, not one of the ones that I interviewed for this podcast, is a registered sex offender. I found out while I was doing some background research, but his records indicate that he had committed internet crimes against children. I don't know that investigators ever spoke to him in connection to Jeanette's disappearance. The other people there were rangers. We know Ranger Cox left long before Jeanette is said to have disappeared. The other one, Ranger Weaver, didn't agree to be interviewed for this story. And I don't know what time he left Rustler Park for the day. Because, as I told you previously, the Forest Service has stonewalled me. Aside from these individuals, there were other vehicles that went through the area. But nobody knows how many, and they have never been identified. Back to Long Park, though. The fact that Jeanette was found there is problematic in more than one way. She was close enough that they should have found her, yet far enough that she couldn't have walked there on her own. Somehow, she managed to stay there, undetected, for over three years. She avoided detection by so many trained dogs and yet found fortuitously by an ordinary dog, someone's pet. As far as Larry Cosden is concerned, I think it's possible that the same person that harmed Jeanette was responsible for his disappearance, too. These two cases are so close in space and in time that it's not too far-fetched to think they're somehow linked. Back to the abduction theory, though. I don't have a logical explanation as to why someone would do such a thing. Like Jeanette's father even pointed out to me, what would someone have to gain from doing something like that? No matter how you look at it, every possible scenario has problems. And motive is one of the problems with the theory of an abduction by a stranger. Eventually, all speculation leads to a cul-de-sac. And so in the arena of my heart, where my internal battles are fought, I spent two years trying to make sense of this. And I struggled to come up with a conclusion for this story. And it almost drove me insane. At some point though, you have to stop researching. You have to stop the interviews and you have to just put pen to paper and tell the story as you know it. Because what happened to Jeanette, at least for now, is a card face down on the table. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, I hope this means you enjoyed listening to The Labyrinth. Please do me a favor and tell your friends, subscribe and review my podcast. All I ask of you is for a minute of your time, I would really appreciate it. If you have any feedback for me or comments about how the labyrinth can improve, please reach out to me personally at info at labyrinthpodcast.com. I'll create more seasons as I have the time and funding. And when major updates are available, I'll publish update episodes. You can find the sources for my research in each of the episode notes. The Labyrinth, a true crime podcast, was researched, created, and reported by myself. It was produced in collaboration with Casefile Presents. Writing support from Rania Ayub. A very special thank you goes to Laura Richards and to the Castrion family for their valuable contributions. And to Missing in Arizona, a collaborative effort by the Phoenix Police Department and Maricopa County Sheriff's Office that allows families of missing persons to attend an annual event where they can bring any record they might have on their missing loved one, as well as provide DNA samples. Families and friends are encouraged to attend Missing in Arizona to report a new case or provide additional information on an unsolved case. 
You can find out more on the Missing in Arizona Facebook page. This podcast is dedicated to my brilliant friend and true crime author, Shanna Hogan, who sadly never got to listen to it. Shanna left us way too soon due to a tragic accident she suffered while at home. Shanna, I hope that you can live on through my work and through the work of all the people you've mentored and inspired in your short but amazing life.